today we're going to continue and I want to talk on this truth that we are empowering. We are empowering. Now, uh, there's a tagline that goes with that and it's going to come up on the screen. It says this, that we are equipping disciples to serve God in all spheres of our life. So one of our family values is that we are empowering, equipping disciples to serve God in all spheres of our life. Now, over the last three weeks, the values that we've spoken on have really linked together and there's been a purpose and a reason for that. We've spoken about the fact, and Pastor Andy shared on the truth, that we are commissioned. And we talked about that word go, that we've been called to go into our world and not just wait for the world to come to us. Last week, we spoke on the truth that we are disciples. And we spoke on that reality that God's intention for your life was not just that you were saved and then that was it, but that you would grow into everything that God has called you to be. And we spoke about changing our thinking. Remember that? I know some of you are still just bewildered by the amazement of my drawing of a brain last week. And if you weren't here last week, then you've missed out because you can't see my amazing drawing on the audio. But, you know, I could give you a private, um, I don't know, private viewing. Okay, I'm going to dig out that. Let's move on. (laughs) But then we also need to realize this morning that we have been designed and created and empowered for a purpose. And those three weeks taken together, we are commissioned, we are discipled, and today we are empowering, really sum up the mission that we have as a church community. Now, you may hear these words, mission and vision, and think, well, what do they mean? Our, our vision is what we speak of every year, of this is what we want to see happen this year. This is the, what we're putting our priorities on, and this is how it's going to outwork over the next 12 months. And this year, of course, you know by now that our, mis- our vision was very much anchored in Hebrews chapter 12 when we talked about running and running the race and the race that God has called us to run and next January in 2023 we'll be talking about the vision that we have for the next 12 months and how we want to see it at work in our lives and in our community but the mission that we have as a church community remains unchanged since 1997 since we started the church 25 years ago and in fact the mission of the church of Jesus Christ has remained unchanged since it began on the day of Pentecost that we have been given a great commission amen Jesus has called us to go and make disciples of all nations and to extend God's kingdom on the earth now here's just three simple words that we use at family church to summarize that mission and boil it down to something really simple and you may see these words sometimes on our branding on our website or on signs around the place and those three words are simply this reach grow empower but when you boil it down it's very simple that we are passionate about reaching people where they are helping people to grow into all that God has called them to be as well as empowering people to live out their godly purpose on the earth so three of our family values really are shaped by our mission and so we acknowledge that we are commissioned we are discipled and we are empowering that's why these three we've put together so let's just focus on that last one this morning that we are empowering and really we can look at this in two parts and I'm going to do that today that we are empowering in the sense that as a church community we want to equip and empower and release people into their God-given purpose but we also want to recognize that individually and as a group we are empowered that we are empowered for a purpose now here's a key thought that I want to be central to all that we communicate this morning I want you leaving this place acknowledging not just in your head but in your heart as well that you are on this earth And you have been created for a godly purpose. 
Not just a person in front of you or behind you or to the side of you. You. You have been created for a godly purpose. Now, to some that may seem obvious, but to others that may think, well, it's true of that person or this person, but I'm not really sure that's true of me. And so there are just under 8 billion people walking the face of planet Earth today, and many of them aren't living out their godly purpose on the Earth. They're merely just existing. They're going to work, they're coming home, they're breathing the same air as you, they're living life, but really they're just existing. And sadly, that's true for many followers of Jesus Christ too. They're simply existing. They may have a car, or a house, a family, friends, hobbies. They may attend a church service every now and then. They may even call themselves part of a church community. But they're not living out their godly purpose that he has put them on the earth to do. You have been created on purpose for a purpose. And I want us to see that today, that life can either be wasted or invested, but the choice is left with us, Because some of you today may be, I don't know, you may be in your 60s, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but you may be in your 60s, and yet if we were to interview and you were to be true, you'd say you're bored of life. Others of you, you're teenagers here today, and yet you have no hopes or dreams or aspirations for your future and for your tomorrow. And so I want to speak into your life today that God has placed you on this earth, in this moment of history, for a reason. Do we believe that this morning? Because when we don't grasp hold of that, here's what we do. We make life about how much money we can accumulate or how many experiences we can have in the time that we're placed on this earth or how many friendships we can develop and all those kind of things. And so this is important because when we don't grasp this, we don't live out the divine purpose that God has for you. Now, some of you say, may say, well, I don't, I don't know about this because here's the reality for you. You feel like you're on the earth to make up the numbers. Like God just needed a few extra, and so we'll have one of those and one of those. You're not here to make up the numbers. Some of you feel like you're on the support team for humanity, and so everybody else is living out their godly purpose, but you just have to sit on the sidelines and watch. And we need to understand that sometimes that's been shaped by what we spoke of last week. That sometimes people have spoken over you that you were an accident, that you weren't wanted you weren't meant to be. And that can shape our thinking and experience can shape our thinking to cause us to believe that we're just in this place called earth to make up the numbers and there isn't really a purpose to our lives. It causes us to wrongly believe that we have to run on this treadmill called life without actually getting anywhere and without actually living a designed life by God and doing anything significant for God. When actually this is what the Bible determines. Your godly purpose predates your conception. That's the reality. In other words, God had a purpose for you and God knew you intimately before your mum and dad ever thought, shall we have whatever your name is? Or whatever your background is. God knew you before you were formed. Listen to some of these verses. Psalm 139, 13 to 16. The psalmist says of God, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So some of you may have been told certain things growing up. Some of you may have been thrown off to the rubbish dump. Some of you may have been told you weren't wanted, you were this, you were that. Some of you feel like you were the black sheep of a family, never able to fit in and be the person that you really wanted to be. But the Bible says that God knew you and God formed you in your mother's womb and his works are wonderful. 
My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes, listen to this, your eyes saw my unformed body. And then it says this, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You were created on purpose for a purpose. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, God says to the prophet Jeremiah, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Now that's not just true for a prophet called Jeremiah, that's true for every single one of us sat here this morning. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you as my prophet to the nations. You were created on purpose for a purpose. Okay, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, just in case you're not yet believing me. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Listen to this, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So you have been created by God. You are his handiwork. You are his masterpiece, have a translation say. His workmanship. You have been created for a purpose that has been predetermined and been given for good works. So we've got to understand that we're not saved by good works. Many people and many other religions and teachings would teach, well, you have to do these good works in order to be saved. Now, the Bible says just in these verses before what we've just read, that actually we're saved by faith in God's grace. But we cannot add anything that our works are like filthy rags in the sight of God. So we're not saved by good works, but the Bible makes it clear that we are saved for good works. There is a godly purpose and he created you on purpose for a purpose. Now, this thought of purpose, I'm saying that word a lot right now, this thought of purpose is a big one because it's one of the biggest questions that we walk around life, whether we're subconsciously or consciously thinking about it. We walk around life trying to find purpose in so many different ways and through so many different outlets. As a pastor, one of the biggest questions I get asked is, what is my purpose? How do I discover my purpose? How do I live out my purpose? And into that thinking steps this verse in Isaiah 43 verse 7. It says, bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. We were created to give God glory. Think about that for a moment. You were created by a God who knew you before you were placed in your mother's womb, before he formed you. You were created and put on this earth for a purpose to give God glory glory. Now here's the reality. That can be an everyday thing. You don't need to wait until a special Holy Spirit service. You don't need to go chasing experiences. You don't need to wait until you're in this moment of your life in order to bring God glory. That is a thing that you can do in your everyday life. I've made this point before that our purpose is found in our whatever. Let me explain what I mean by that. Sometimes We think that it's going to take us doing something spectacular to find godly purpose, to bring him glory. So we think, well, I have to go on missions the other side of the world. Or I have to feed thousands of children in an orphanage. Or I have to do this. I have to preach around the world. I have to plant loads of churches. I have to write loads of Christian books. And none of those things are wrong. But here's what we need to understand. That your godly purpose that can bring him glory can be found in what many people would term the ordinary. Because when God's involved, the ordinary becomes extraordinary, the natural becomes supernatural. Our purpose is found 
in our whatever. Let's look at the verse that that comes from. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. It says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So let me ask you this morning, what is your whatever? What does it look like for you in your life? Because maybe you are a full-time mum, stay-at-home mum. Can I encourage you, stop putting yourself into some kind of subcategory in your thinking because you can bring glory to God in the way that you raise your children. If you're in the workplace, you can bring glory to God in the way that you are at work. If you're a businessman or a businesswoman, you can bring glory to God in the way that you run your business by doing things with truth and integrity and living the way that God has called you to live. If you're retired, you can bring glory to God in the way that you interact with people on a daily basis through your encouragement, through your prayers. When we pray for the sick and they recover, guess who gets the glory? God gets the glory. When your marriage displays all the qualities of Christian character and faithfulness, God gets the glory. When we forgive others, when people would say no you've got to get even and we choose to forgive God gets the glory when you are a teenager who doesn't just follow what everyone else is doing at school but you choose to go in the opposite direction and walk and stand for the kingdom of God you bring God glory when we all choose to not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of our mind as we spoke of last week who gets the glory God gets the glory And so we begin to see that we have a purpose and that purpose can be outworked in so many different ways and in so many different places. Your purpose can be outworked to bring God glory in your life through discipleship, through, as we said a few weeks ago, becoming a disciple and an imitator of Jesus. Your purpose can be outworked in the local church. Do you know there's a purpose for you to outwork in the midst of this church community that God has placed you in called Family Church Haven? But also, you can bring God glory and live out his godly purpose for your life in what I would term your sphere of influence. Do you know that there's a sphere of influence that's unique to you? As Pastor Andy said a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about being a soul winner, there's a world that's individual to you, there's a world that's individual to me. Sometimes they overlap and we have certain things in common, but there's an individual sphere that God has called you to, to influence and bring him glory in. Do we believe that this morning? Look at the person next to you and say, you are an influencer. Okay, look on the opposite side to the person. Now, let's be honest, you chose second this morning to speak to and tell them you are an influence. Now, you may say, well, well, how am I an influence? I, I don't have, you know, a social media account with millions of people following me. I'm not in Hollywood. I haven't had lip fillers or whatever you want to term it. You are an influencer for the kingdom of God. Amen? Listen to the way that Jesus put it in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. Do we believe this this morning? A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they will see your, there it is again, good works. And glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. Jesus says, you are a kingdom influencer in your sphere of influence. Now think for a moment about your street. About the area where you live. Think about 
your workplace. Think about the school that you go to or the college or university that you attend. Think about your family. Think about your friendship group. Think about where your hobbies and your interests end up taking you. God has called you to influence that sphere for his glory. God has created you for purpose within those spheres. He has kingdom work for you to do in those environments. And the good news is this, that you haven't just been dropped off there and left to fend for yourself. But God has designed it that we would be empowered and equipped and released in a number of different ways. I just want to look at two very quickly in the time that we have left this morning. The first one is the church, which remember is not a Sunday morning event that we go to, but it's a community of faith that we belong to and are a part of. So important that we understand that. Church is in your life to equip and empower you to do God's business on the earth. That's why we carry a value at Family Church, but we want to be a church that doesn't just meet and go home and get on with life. We want to be a church that is empowering. We are empowering. Now, if you look at Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to turn there. Ephesians chapter 4, we read something in there that's key to this whole process. Ephesians 4, 11 to 12 tells us about some of the gifts that Jesus gave to the church. Now, these aren't the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's talked about elsewhere. These are what are termed ascension gifts that are given specifically to the people of God, the church of Jesus Christ. This is what it says. And he himself, that's talking about Jesus. Jesus gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Now, just pause there before we go on to the next sentence because I want us to see that according to Jesus and according to Scripture, Jesus established these offices, okay? That the work and the appointment of these people are by Jesus and not men. Now, yes, there are times where there are false prophets and false teachers, and the Bible says that we should be alert, that in the last days there will be more and more of those. But here's what we need to understand, that these offices, the offices of prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, they are a divine institution and not a human invention, according to what Scripture says in Ephesians chapter 4. Now, let's move on. What's their purpose? God has given these people, or these offices, for the equipping of the saints for works of of ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now let's just pause for a moment because that phrase, works of ministry, is a phrase in the original language, it's the word ergon, which means God's business, which is the exact same phrase or word that is used in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, when it says that we have been created by God in Christ Jesus for good works, which he established beforehand that we would walk in them. It's also the exact same word that is used in Matthew chapter 5 when Jesus said that you will display your good works and they will praise your Father in heaven. So according to what Paul writes, the point of pastors, evangelists, teachers and so on and so on is to equip the saints. How many of us are saints this morning? Just like Pastor Andy highlighted to us. Is to equip the saints to do the good works that God has already created us to do. When you live in translation, puts it this way. Now these are the gifts that Jesus gave to the church. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, and the pastors and teachers. So according to this, I am a gift in your life. Now I know that sometimes I irritate you. I know that sometimes you might think, well, did we keep the gift receipt? Can we, God, can we trade this one in for another one? 
Listen, it's not about me as an individual person or trustee. It's not about, it's about the office. Okay, so separate the person from the office. The office of a pastor, an evangelist, and so on and so on, is set in place by God as a gift. Now, what's their responsibility? Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, which is the body of Christ. Now, hang on a minute, because that plays, as we've said before, with an old English parish mentality that said you have a local church in a parish and there's one person or two or three people who do everything in that community and do all of God's business in that whole community and other people just come along to a service every now and then watch go home and get on with the rest of their lives but aren't actually involved in doing God's business on the earth when actually the Bible says that's not a biblical model the Bible says that every single one of us has been given a purpose we were created on purpose for a purpose that we have gifts and giftings that he has given to us that we would walk in the purposes that he has for us and the role of church leadership is to equip believers every single one of us to do God's business in our lives in our church and in our individual spheres of influence you know I met with a, a pastor this week who's not in family church outside of family church and I sat with him on Monday and this pastor has hit the wall this pastor has come to a point of complete and utter burnout and I sat with him and spoke with him emotionally, physically, everything. He has hit the wall and a large part of that, a big reason for that is a misunderstanding within that church community of what Ephesians chapter 4 actually says. That the role of that person and that office is not to do everything and be everywhere and do all of God's business, but the role of these people are to equip people in God's house to do God's business, not just when they gather, but also when they scatter as well. Do we believe that this morning? That there are places you're going to go this week that I can't go. There are places that I'm going to go this week that you can't go. And when we come together, it's about an equipping and a releasing to do God's business in those three areas that we just spoke of. So at Family Church, we want to be a church community that is empowering and equipping the people of God. Now some of the ways that we do that are through our gatherings. Some of the ways, you know, when we gather together like now and we teach on God's word, we hopefully equip and release people into their week to do God's business in the next seven days before we gather again. Our prayer meetings, last Sunday evening, if you weren't here for our prayer meeting, you missed out because we had such a powerful time of gathering together and praying for one another and people growing in their spiritual giftings of sharing words of wisdom and knowledge and prophecies and encouragement. That is part of equipping and shaping of God's people for works of service. We, we, we gather together, we have connect groups, we have courses that we run that we want to equip and empower people with. Right now, there's two courses running that I know people within Family Church haven't are being equipped and empowered by. We have our Welcome Home course that's led by Mark and Glennis, and they have an incredible teaching gift. They have the office of teacher. Now, Mark doesn't walk around, at least I hope he doesn't go, uh, call me Teacher Mark. Because it's not about titles, that's why I don't care what you call me, whether you call me pastor or not or whatever, I've been called a lot of things in my lifetime, I can cope with it. It's about an office, not a title. But when a teacher 
equips and empowers somebody, they are equipped and empowered to go and do God's business in their world that God has called them to reach. Their sphere of influence. So right now we have a welcome home course that's running and that's about new believers and new people to family church being empowered and equipped and released with the teaching of God. We have a marriage course that's running. I know there's several couples on our marriage course right now and they are being equipped and empowered to bring God glory in the way that they live out their marriage on this earth. So we have courses that we run. We equip the youth for momentum, ignition, so many different things, one-on-one discipleship and mentoring. So we want to be a, continue to be a church that equips and releases. But here's what we ultimately recognize, and here's what I want to finish on with. That it's God who truly empowers us through the person of the Holy Spirit. We are here for the equipping, for the releasing, to, to, to give you the tools that you need But listen, it's never a person, it's never a church, it's God through the person of the Holy Spirit who empowers an individual to truly live out their purpose on the earth. That's why our desire is that every single person in this church community would not just know about the Holy Spirit, would would, would encounter him and would receive not just the indwelling but the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Listen, if you have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come and speak to us and we will pray for you. Not that you would just have a funny moment or a tingle. Or no, no, it's not about that. It's about what you do with the Holy Spirit who has now been given to you and is now empowering you in your sphere of influence. Because otherwise, here's what you're going to be doing. You're going to be trying to do good works. You're going to be trying to do God's business in your own strength when that is not God's design. John chapter 14, 25 to 26. Jesus is speaking of his return to heaven. He says this to his disciples. Reading from the Amplified, it says, I have told you these things while I'm still with you. Listen to this, the Holy Spirit. But the helper, the comforter, you can know him like this, not just as a lyric in a song. You can know the Holy Spirit in this way. If you don't, I want to say you are missing out on God's greatest gift to your life. Listen, he's a comforter. He's an advocate. He's an intercessor. He's a counselor. He's a strengthener. He's a standby. And then just in case we're not sure who it is, Jesus says, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent and to act on my behalf. He will teach you all things and he will help you remember everything that I have told you. And then when the early church is about to be birthed in Acts chapter 1, Jesus says, guys, don't go off doing this in your own strength. Yeah, there's a world for you to reach. Don't you dare go off doing this in your own strength. I want you to wait until the promised Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will not be early. He will not be late. He will come at just the right time because God is a Kairos God. He's not just in the moment of a Kronos of the time that's ticking by, but there's a God-appointed time for everything. And at just the right time, just as Jesus came at just the right time, the Holy Spirit came in the upper room and he empowered them not just for a moment to reach people with the gospel but he empowered them in their everyday life to live out his purpose and do his business on the earth now here's the good news that wasn't just available for the early church that was available for every single person here today let me end with this verse and I want to read it but then I want to pray for every single one of you but we would go from this place empowered, not by a message, not by a song, but by the Holy Spirit to be an influencer in the world that he has called us to. Listen to what Paul writes 
to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians 3 verse 16, he says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, God will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. You just stand to your feet if you're able to in this moment. Just close your eyes. Don't get distracted by what's in your seat or whatever. Let's just have a moment just as we end this service today. But I want to speak this over you and I want to pray a release upon your life this morning. Just as Paul prayed, let me pray it to you, not to the church in Ephesus historically, but to the people of Family Church Haven today in 2022 in this moment. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, God will empower you. God will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this moment. God, you're a God who never leaves us nor forsakes us, but we're talking about your manifest presence in this moment. Lord, would you just empower your people, not for a moment, not for a second, but that we would leave this place knowing that you have called us to go, not just to stay, but to go and to make disciples. God, there's a commission that's upon each and every single one of us. Lord, and as we've been teaching over the last few weeks, that we don't just want to stay saved. You have called us for a time and a purpose. You have called us to be on this earth in this area of heaven for a reason. There's a destiny upon our lives, Lord. And I just rebuke every lie that has been spoken over every individual in this room. That if you have heard the the voice of man saying that you were an accident, that you weren't meant to be, that you were not wanted, I rebuke that voice over your life. And I declare that there's a God in heaven who says, before I formed you, I knew you. Before I formed you, I knew you. I knitted you together in your mother's womb you are fearfully and wonderfully made that I have created you for a purpose and a reason that you would walk in the good works that I'd established for you to do that you are on the earth in 2022 for a time such as this there is a reason why you're alive let the Holy Spirit speak that into your life far greater than I can say it through a verbal microphone let the Holy Spirit speak into your life this morning there's a reason why you're alive maybe you've never believed that over your life maybe maybe you're just going through the motions maybe you're existing but I pray that the Holy Spirit would empower you that you would wake up tomorrow morning with an understanding this is the day the Lord has made I will rejoice and I will be glad in it because I have been put on this earth for such a time as this there is a purpose over my life and the gates of hell will not prevail over why you have placed me on this earth Holy Spirit would you empower people today that they would understand that there is a reason why they're alive. There's a reason why tomorrow morning they'll open their eyes and wake up. But we're not here to just tread water until our time comes. We're not here to tread water until you come again, Jesus. We are here for such a time as this that you have called us to go into all of the world and make disciples of all the nations. That you have called us to baptise them in water. But they would also be baptised in your Holy Spirit, Lord. That they would not remain as mere infants in the faith but they would grow into the fullness of all that you've called us to be 
Lord, change our thinking as we spoke of last week. Change our thinking. Help us to change the way we've been thinking. Lord, if there's been wrong mindsets handed down to us, change our thinking, Lord. That we would know that we're on this earth for a reason. And Lord, I just, I just speak release over every gifting that's been held back. Over every gifting that you have placed upon every man, woman and child in this place that they have not believed is for them. Lord, I pray a release of that gifting. And I speak a breaking of the fear of man. Listen, there's many of you in this room this morning, uh, and I know time's growing, but this is so important. I believe there's a fear of man upon many people in this place that is preventing you from being the person that God has called you to be. There's a fear of man that stops you speaking when the Holy Spirit is prompting you to speak. There's a fear of man that, that is blocking you from sharing dreams and visions that you've had for certain people. There's a fear of man, and God says, I want to empower you that you would be set free. There is power, we sang a moment ago, in the name of Jesus, that breaks every chain. I want to speak the name of Jesus upon every fear that has held man captive. Every fear that has stopped you speaking when you wanted to speak the love of God to an individual in the park and on a bench at the supermarket and you thought, no, 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 I can't. I break that fear right now. Now, I'm just speaking Jesus' words. Jesus is the one breaking that fear. But Jesus, have your way in this place. That fear is broken. Fear is broken. Just as we close, just put your hands before you if you feel comfortable doing so. Holy Spirit, would you fill your people again this morning? Fill them anew this morning. Some for the very first time. You think, what on earth is going on within me? Listen, there's always going to be a reaction when the God of heaven meets with you as an individual. There's always a reaction. Holy Spirit, fill your people. Fill your people. Lord, every lie that has been spoken, every stronghold, thank you, Lord, it's pulled down. It's pulled down. Lord, let there be freedom in our thinking, in our mindsets. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence in this place. Just begin to thank him for his presence. And thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Empowered for such a time as this. I believe there's a few people in this place for you feel like you're waiting for something. You're in this season of waiting, 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 waiting. And it's almost like you're thinking, I'll really live out my godly purpose when. You've heard me speak many times on one day when, this, this fantasy land that we so often live for, one day when this happens, one day when that. No, 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 no. God says there's a purpose upon your life today. Every single day. Did you catch what the psalmist said? Every single day of my life has been written in your book before one of them came to be. God does not waste a single day. God is not putting you on pause. God is not waiting until you reach that destination. God is speaking right now. There is purpose. And yes, you may be waiting. Yes, you may be in that moment where you're saying, God, this is what I'm reaching out for. That is my destination. But on the journey, God is saying, do not waste a single moment of your life because life can either be wasted or invested and I have kingdom plans for you to do. So Father, thank you. Thank you for time well spent in your presence this morning. 
Father, thank you for the offices that you give to equip the church for works of service. And I pray that every single one of us would be released into our week this week and would walk around knowing there's a purpose and there's a plan and there is something that God has for me to do today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, give Him praise in this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We're going to release you into um, your week. Don't rush off. Grab some tea and coffee. And if you say, do you know what? I need prayer. Whatever it is for, whether it's a need or whether you say what you've been speaking today, it really spoke to me. Would you just pray for me? But then come down here to the front and um, just while everyone's having tea and coffee, very naturally, we're just going to pray for you. And uh, whatever it is that you have need of or whatever it is you're asking for, we will pray for you. Uh, But we'll be back here next Sunday morning. Have a great day.